Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. All right, I need that. And then we're good. Welcome to another episode of Fixing Your Agile Coaching. I am professional scrum trainer, Ryan Ripley. Joining me this week is professional scrum trainer, Summer Lawrence. Summer, it is so good to see you. I think the last time we talked, not on a virtual thing, was at the Mothership in yes. Burlington yeah. at Scrum.org headquarters. And we had a really lovely conversation that I wasn't expecting because we'd never met, but it just felt like it was like an old friend. And we just sat down and talked yeah. and I was just so fascinated with your views on Scrum and the various, I just had to, I just was, had to have you on here and I just appreciate you joining and, and sharing your time with us. So thanks for doing this. Oh, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. I'm terribly shy, so talking to people is hard for me. I do this for you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Summer, something that uh, we were talking about before we got going and something that I think you've been really looking into and working on is this idea of uh, experiential learning, running experiments, trying things. And so I think we're going to call this session The Power of Experiments. And I was yeah. wondering if you could tee up kind of your premise yeah. Uh, where your where your mind and your heart have been going with this and just what are what are some thoughts here around this? Yeah. Um I am the president of the Overthinkers Club. Oh, nice. Okay. So as an agile coach, when I'm out doing coaching as part of my consulting and even when I'm training, I started digging into some of the really core foundational pillars of agility, including empiricism. Right. Right. I'm married to a scientist. I'm around it all the time, uh, <laughs> constantly. And, and as you get introduced to different ways of working within the agile world, you learn how to question why. I was always that kid, mom, why, why, why? Yep. She still claims I will get retribution for that someday. <laughs> maybe in a smaller version Ma of someone a, somewhere someday, right? Maybe, maybe. Right. So I've, uh, I've questioned why for a very long time. And at the core of every agile way of working is this word called empiricism or the pillars of inspection, adaptation, and transparency. And 
I had to understand why those were important and why they were critical. So I started diving into it and I found something really interesting. A hypothesis. Cool. Look, I know everybody knows what they are, right? Um, I am assuming that if I do this thing, then this other thing will happen. Turns out, though, we very rarely take the time, especially when we're encountering a change, to ask ourselves why we're making this change and what we're assuming is going to happen. And very rarely do we say, how will I know it really did happen? <laughs> so so this I started is getting meta. I, it's, how do I know what I actually think I know? Yeah. I like how do it. I know what I think I know? And I realized that a lot of the strain when you're adapting to an agile way of working is we're asking people to take a lot of things on faith. Yep. Right. And that's not empiricism. That is just not empiricism. That's not science. And if we're going to take people down an agile pathway, we need to give them the respect to help and set them up with experiments where they can prove the truth themselves. So I started incorporating experiments and experiential learning in my coaching, especially with product owners and scrum masters, because they're the ones who give me the most one-on-one time. And then using experiments with the teams in retrospectives so that they can make a hypothesis about what would happen when they apply this continuous improvement and whether they know it would work. Nice. So it's that, it's that truly validating the learning or closing the feedback loop is, it sounds like that's where the, the focus has shifted to because I, yeah, anecd- anecdotally, I've I, for 20 years, I've seen the same thing. We think this is going to happen. We're going to put a bunch of money against it and we're going to make sure that happened because if we're wrong, we're in trouble. Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. So, OKR is lots of things. Perfect. Me- measure in this way. Um, it, we do it in business. We rarely do it for ourselves in our own learning. Right. It's almost like we're not allowing ourselves to be surprised or we're trying to cut serendipity out of the process. Right. Right. Very simple experiment. You are a scrum master who has facilitated every daily scrum for your team. Yep. Every one of them. And a coach tells you, why don't you try not and see what happens with the team? That takes a lot of faith to do that, especially. But summer, but summer, it'll be a disaster. I don't want to. Yeah. How do you know? It could. It might be a disaster. It might be a disaster. Yep. But. Maybe it won't be. And if you sit back and you ask the coach, okay, what is it we're really trying to see? And you come up with a hypothesis like, um, if I do not facilitate the daily scrum, then my team will manage their own discussion and end in 15 minutes. What does success look like for that, Ryan? Success would be a daily scrum that is executed by the developers that meets the expected outcome of the event within the 15 minutes without my presence. Right. And you also have some more qualitative measures you could write tests for. Uh, The developers say it's better. That's qualitative. It's a quantitative, qualitative measurement. I know it sounds No, it's great. Yeah, I know. And what that actually is, is it's called quasi-experimental research. Okay. So experimental research is when you have a control. Right, right. So if you were a scrum master of two identical teams with the same developers <laughs> on each team, you could. You and could you're run... the placebo, and I'm the. Yeah, I got <laughs> it. <laughs> got then it. you could run a true capital E experiment. But right. what we're talking about is called quasi experimental research. And it's something that is critical in academia and it lives in the complex world. Yeah. Well, and what. what so this should be 
and to me, this would this should just be second nature to a scrum team, right? How would a product yeah. owner execute on a product backlog without this constant thinking that like this next product backlog item that I think is the most keyword think is the most valuable thing. Right. That's a hypothesis when you pull it into a sprint and go to, to execute it. There's no guarantees there. So this, why isn't this just second nature? Because I, I, I agree. I've seen the same things in the field as you that this thinking is dangerous. Yeah. Right? This thinking is scary. But yeah. if every PBI is a hypothesis, it's unproven value, it's unproven tech, it's, unpro it's unproven that we can even deliver it. Why isn't this the most comfortable thing in the world to these teams? It's a mindset. Um, okay. Anytime, anytime I say so. So Ryan, have you been have you been thinking about making a purchase lately to make your sure. life better? Sure. Okay. Okay. How are you going to know it's a good purpose purchase? Oh. If uh, laundry doesn't hang end up hanging up on it instead of me actually using it, like a treadmill or a, okay. yeah, I mean, right. Okay. So so it, it gets it, used. It gets usage. Used. Right. How are you going to measure that? Um, now we start uh, getting personal, huh? Oh, we do. Um, <laughs> I don't know. 15,000 steps per day would be a, a, okay. a target, right? Okay. How are you going to track that? Uh, a Fitbit. Okay. Excellent. How often are you going to inspect whether your purchase <laughs> exactly. was a successful one? Exactly. So that so, would be, I'm going to do it monthly until it isn't. And I'm going to throw the thing in the garage. Yeah. So here's <laughs> the thing that we miss. The reason that I, 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 I hypothesize right. that the reason we are uncomfortable with product backlog items or even sprint goals or product goals being hypothesis, right. hypotheses, hypothesis, hypothesis, something like that. I don't yeah, know. Is that a, then we have to write tests for whether or not it's going to be successful. We have to think about it failing. Yep. And then we realize we are on the hook. Yeah. For measuring it, for tracking it and for inspecting and adapting it. It, it's the same reason a lot of teams release work into the wild with users and rarely do they have a live customer feedback loop to see if what they built was fit for purpose and successful. A product owner should have a nice series of hypotheses about the value, quality, and use of their product that they should constantly be revisiting. Any good user experience uh, professional partnered with a product owner would advise them for that. It's hard to argue with. It, to me, it sounds like a lot of work which is also why it's probably it neglected, right? Right. Well, you know, as a coach, it's also an easy place for me to go. So my advice would be if you're if you're struggling with a team that doesn't want to take your advice, I get it. Maybe they're a little hard heart, hard headed about it or they were voluntold to have you as right. a coach. Sometimes that happens. that happens in the world of agile coaching. And I propose throwing a few experiments out there to see if the team want to prove a few things to themselves. So what would be an example of the type of, and I know that it's very yeah, contextual, yeah. right? It's very contextual, but yeah. if you were to walk up to team X, which is the typical team that you would work with. Team SpaceX? Kind of, sure. Um, what's an experiment? Let's say that, and they are kind of resistors, right? And it's probably, there's some coercion behind it. And there's, you're right. There's those things happen. Yeah. What would be an experiment that you would propose that some, that the people out there could try to kind of get moving down this path? Sure. And um, in this made-up team, sure, Team X, uh, tell me what are some of the things they're struggling with right now? Um, they are struggling with knowing what the, that what they're doing is actually valuable. There's a, a misconnection. There's a, a gap between what they've built and whether or not the customer loves it. Okay. And they don't. Great. They just don't know. 
Right, right. So I would propose a few experiments for them. I'd say, hey, I can tell you all day that customer feedback loops are valuable right. and that you should do everything you need to do to get them. I understand you're hesitant. Maybe you don't have access to the people who touch the customer. Maybe it's a big hassle. I get it. Your accountability ends at release. Here are some experiments you could try. Um, there are tools you could employ like Google Analytics. Sure. If we track XYZ on our product, then that will indicate that customers do or do not use this part of the product. That's one. They could use a tool-based experiment. Um, the second thing they could do is they could have a people-based experiment. You see where I'm going? You always have sure. a people experiment, a process experiment, or a tools experiment you can run around any problem. A people-based experiment might be... Um, we hypothesize that when our product is released, our product owner um, will be able to get, if our product owner interviews five active customers, yep. then most of them will express enjoyment and use for the new feature. Easy to test. Yeah. And then you have process experiments. It could be as easy as um if we establish an aftermarket release feedback loop with the customer satisfaction department, then we will see that the product's uh, dissatisfaction calls have reduced. That's pretty common for when you're fixing a bug or you're remediating right. a feature that people have complained about. You know, some of them, some that I have seen is if we if we fix this process flow, the number of abandoned shopping carts will decrease right. by 50%. Or, but, right. but actually coming up with that measure of success and then going back and checking it and then iterating on that regularly and yeah. such a good practice, so difficult to do. But I think these are very yeah. low impact experiments that people could actually get, you know, take a shot at. Yeah. And it's just such an important mindset that everything we're doing on a scrum team, right, is an experiment until we get feedback from the customer. And if you're not intentional about the feedback, and if you don't know what you're going to do once you have the feedback, I find that to be a gap too. What new decision I'm going to take will I take based off of learning this? And if yeah. you can't answer it, you're probably measuring the wrong thing. Well, that if you're not going to take any action, all you're doing is wasted work. It's like building right. artifacts you never look at again. Right. If you the build a product of, you never look at again. Yeah. Right. The binder um, of validation that sits on the shelf. <laughs> right. Now, as a coach, I'll say a really rich source of uh, ideas for you to actually craft a coaching working agreement around are identifying their existing pain points and problems, right. and then taking a look at the sample key value measures in the evidence-based management guide, things they want to improve, look at their problems, ask them if they want improvement in these key value measure areas, and build your coaching working agreement around that. So too often we go into a team with the subtextual coaching agreement objective of, I will make you more agile. Yeah. According to my standards of agile. Instead, if you craft your coaching working agreement around helping them run experiments to solve a specific pain point or problem, you'll have nothing but evidence when you got out of it of the progress you made and the continuous improvements the team put in place. Well, and I, and I think that evidence is the power of experiments. We're no longer it guessing. Is. We're using data. We're able to go back to people and say, this is what we've observed. This is what we yeah. learned. Here's what the data is telling us. Yep. What is the next best thing to do Yep. now that we've learned it? And the evidence takes the emotion out of the uh, change transition for an agile team. That's why I think experiments are really powerful as a coaching tool. And 
I, I love geeking out about it. So thanks for letting me geek out about it for a while. Oh, and thanks for talking to us about it. I think this yeah. is such an important mindset. I love the tie-in to EBM at the end. You know, that's something that is really front of mind for Todd and I right now. We're really trying to prove, are we doing things that are actually valuable? And sometimes we find out, no. Fortunately, though, our users are telling us that fixing your agile coaching with all of these great coaches like Summer is valuable. So we're going to keep doing oh, it. Good. Excellent. Right? And so, Summer, thank you so much for joining us. This is uh, such a great topic and really appreciate your expertise here. And I, I hope you come back soon. Oh, thanks, Ryan. I've had a great time. And uh, when you figure out what your success measures are for fixing your agile coaching, let me know. Awesome. We'll work on that and get back to you. Thanks. All right, everybody. A lot of our success comes from your comments, your questions, your interactions on social media. So be sure to check out all the socials. Todd and I are still trying to figure out what Instagram is for. We're a little older, but uh, we'll figure it out. Be sure to like and subscribe so you never miss a video like this one when we have great people like Summer on. We don't want you to miss it, so like and subscribe. Be sure to check out the shows that just popped up below. The YouTube algorithm thinks you'll like them. We do, too. Uh, for Summer, I'm Ryan. We hope you enjoyed this. Go forward. Do some great things. Run an experiment. Leave a comment below. Let us know how it went. I'd imagine we'll pop back in and check the comments here. And if something really cool came up, we'd love to hear your story, too. All right, everyone. Go forward. Do some great things. Help some people. Run some experiments. Do some great scrum. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and Scrum on. <laughs>